This episode of the Columbia Basin Herald's Studio Basin Podcast is brought to you by the Moses Lake Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber works to help businesses in and around Moses Lake flourish through networking opportunities, member-to-member savings for products and services, and connecting businesses with the resources they need to make Moses Lake a wonderful place to live, work, and play. For more information, visit moseslake.com or call the Chamber at 509-765-7888. Again, that's moseslake.com or 509-765-7888. Well, a happy Friday. I'm Charles Featherstone, senior reporter at the Columbia Basin Herald, and I am here with sports reporter Ian Bivona and senior reporter Cheryl Schweitzer. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, this week's news happenings here in the Columbia Basin in Grant County and also the sports. So let's get started. This week we had some interesting things happen. The city of Moses Lake is buying another water right. Um, The Wilbur Ellis fertilizer facility south of Moses Lake burnt down. It was quite the impressive fire. It's not very far from where I live. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Samaritan workers are getting a pay raise. The Mattawa City Council talked annexation and uh, the large battery companies moving here to Moses Lake got giant grants of federal money. But let's start with the Wilbur L. Ellis fire. So tell us a little bit about that, Cheryl. Okay. I'm, I, one thing I know is that Rebecca Pettingill did an excellent job yes, reporting on did. it. Yes, she did. Fire was Sunday. There was a update from the Grant County Health District Thursday afternoon, still asking people to stay away from that site because of the um, possibility of contamination from some of the stuff that's left in the, in the debris, the water, the smoke. The fire was reported about 315. Um, spread very quickly. The building was wood. It had fertilizer in it, which is an accelerant, mm-hmm. and burned to the ground. And because of the chemicals that were inside, the Grant County Health District um, for a couple days was asking people to stay away from the area completely. Some shelter in place instructions were issued. Um, um, Where I live south of Moses Lake, it's almost a straight line shot west of the Wilbur Ellis facility. I live on the other side of State Route 17. And it was an impressive column of smoke. We could see flames from where we were. They, they went quite up into the sky. And at first I thought it was a controlled burn of some kind because I didn't hear any sirens. Hmm. So, in fact, didn't hear any sirens for quite some time. So I wasn't sure because... The smoke did not really look like structure fire smoke. I happened to come out of the of the Safeway at about the same time as the initial plume of smoke was going in the air, and um, it's been my experience that structure fire smoke has a certain look mm-hmm. about it, and this didn't really have that look, so I wasn't sure what it was, but it took out the whole building. Um, from the story that Rebecca wrote, the when the fire department got there, the building was fully engulfed and flames were visible from the roof. And yeah, it was a big fire. And I am waiting for it's fr- as of Friday afternoon another update from the Grant County Health District to uh, to further update the public mm-hmm. on that. So, and as I understand it, it very well might have an impact on fertilizer availability and prices as we go forward. Oh, that will be interesting. As if there aren't already enough problems in that. (laughs) Yes. Also this week, the city of Moses Lake uh, talked 
purchasing a water right they have off of the Moses Lake City Council voted uh, to authorize the spending of $762,000 to purchase roughly 220 acre feet per year of water from a shallow well north of Moses Lake and part of this is um, designed to ensure that the city will continue to have enough water moving forward. The the right is currently an agricultural slash irrigation well right and the, the it will have to be transferred um, and the city will have to drill a new well someplace else and there's all sorts of there's all sorts of if associated with this um, they're spending an awful lot of money for what may end up being a hole in the ground but they are they are buying that right and the current owners of the, of the of the water won't be able to use it for irrigation anymore which is what they have been using it for but it's interesting they also got a lecture of prior to the meeting um, about the water situation in Moses Lake and apparently the city is attempting to move from deep wells to shallow wells. The deep well water which most of us drink is good water. It's really good clean clear water but it's fossil water and it's not easily recharged um, or quickly recharged. So the well that is higher up it was explained you know roughly the if you don't, if you dig, apparently you don't have to go far down to find water, and that water was originally used when the area was settled, and that is easily recharged. Um, but um, it also has issues with uh, mineral contamination, primarily iron and manganese, is what I understand, and that has to be treated and filtered out, and that's a process. But it's more renewable water, so it's something all the cities in the area are yes. facing. And everyone is looking at various ways to address some of those water water problems that we that they are all going to face. Growth has probably probably growth at this point has outstripped what the people who set this system up in about I don't know 1900 ever expected to happen. Mm -hmm. And we've reached the point where their wildest dreams are now reality. Yep. And. We have to take the next step. Yep, yep, and it will be a, a costly one and an expensive one, and will require some interesting, uh, interesting changes to the way we live. Probably, um, again, Possibly. that will all depend. All right, moving on to the next subject. Samaritan workers were getting a pay increase. They are three point five percent as of tomorrow, as of Sunday. Um, the. Uh, commissioners had a discussion at their meeting on Tuesday, mm -hmm. and the gist of it is that something that every business owner knows and probably every employee knows, there's a worker shortage. Mm -hmm. And in healthcare, it is even more acute, and it is particularly bad, at least at Samaritan, I think other places, in the nursing department. Um, and they've lost, they've lost a lot of nurses, People haven't. People are retiring. There are more lucrative ways to work. It's there's a. It's called a traveling nurse, mm -hmm. or something like that. Those people, when you become a traveling nurse at this point, you make a great deal of money, mm -hmm. or you can. Um, same thing with physicians. Um, it's called a locum. Locum tenens is the actual term. The physicians are not getting a raise, but all the rest of the staff is. Most of the rest of the staff is the what they call the senior leadership team which is the administrators mm -hmm. they don't get to 3.5 percent either but most other people do whether you're in the lab you're in the kitchen you're off the floor um, 
Steve Brooks, who is the chief resource officer up there, made the point, one, that if you're going to be a nurse, you can probably do it, you can make more money at as a traveling nurse or in some of the other places around here. Um, so in order to be competitive as in, in the nursing, they wanted to raise, raise costs or raise uh, wages a little bit. Um, if you wash dishes, you can go wash dishes at places that may pay you a little bit more um, because places like Wendy's and McDonald's and all these other places also have worker shortages and their wages have gone up. So in order to stay competitive in those fields and retain staff, they decided to do this 3.5% um, rate increase. And that's in addition to any rate increases that would be coming in 2023. Mm -hmm. 2020, yeah, 2023. Okay. All right. And lastly, on our news, a review of the week's news, um, the Department of Energy has awarded $200 million in grants to two companies that are setting up shop here in Moses Lake each. Uh, Group 14 Technologies and Sela Nanotechnologies, both, both of them are specializing in different uh, proprietary technologies that will use silicon as anodes in rechargeable lithium batteries to improve their capacity and the speed at which they can be charged. And each of them is getting $100 million from a $2.8 billion fund set up under the, oh, the, infra the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Um, it gets called that and that gets capitalized, yes, yes, but it has an actual real name of, of its own. But it's all part of a big package to um, promote uh, energy independence and domestic production of these sorts of things. So, um, you know, it means more, more jobs for Moses Lake and high-tech jobs. Uh, there has been a little bit more activity, by a little bit more activity at the Sela Nanotech sites, the old Xylico building, and I'm going to call it the old Xylico building until we actually have batteries made there, I think. <laughs> um, um, there's a little bit more activity there. Uh, Group 14 has not yet said when they will be building here in Moses Lake, so, but I have Group 14 is gonna build their own building? They're gonna build their own facility, probably in the Wheeler Corridor. I have had several people tell me that that's really the only place where they can build probably the size of the facility that they're looking at building with the access to the power. So, um, okay. this, is, this is quite the win for the Moses Lake area, if you, yes, quite the win. And as a matter of fact, speaking of technology, this afternoon I will be having an interview, this afternoon being Friday, I will be having an interview with the CEO of Stoke Space Technologies. They are looking at a major, they are the rocket engine major, they're the rocket engine maker up at the Port of Moses Lake and they're looking at a major expansion here. More rocket engines? More rocket engines. Ooh, fun. <laughs> so we will be reporting upon this in November. Um, so. Keep your eyes open for that, both in the paper, the Basin Business Journal, and on our website. The next segment of the Studio Basin podcast is brought to you by the readers of the Columbia Basin Herald. The paper serves the entirety of Grant and Adams counties in central and eastern Washington, which has strong traditions in agriculture, industry, and taking care of one another. The Columbia Basin Herald is grateful to our readers for their support and to our advertisers who support our efforts to keep the communities we serve informed. And so now it's time for sports. Tell us what's going on, Ian. All right, so we'll get started with professional sports like we usually do here. Um, so to get started, the Seahawks, I don't think anyone saw this coming, but they are four <laughs> and three. 
and they're on top of the NFC West uh, in sole possession of first place. So, I mean, that's pretty exciting. I don't think anyone saw Geno Smith playing as well as he was uh, as he has been playing this season. Um, the Seahawks are coming off of a 37-23 win over the Los Angeles Chargers last Sunday. Uh, in the game, rookie Kenneth Walker had 168 yards on 23 carries for two touchdowns. It's his third straight game with a touchdown. And he is the first rookie running back with two with two rushing touchdowns of 65 or more yards in a season since Saquon. Saquon Barkley did that in 2018. And uh, Saquon Barkley on the Giants. The Seahawks play the Giants this weekend. Uh, it'll be a fun little clash between two, really. I mean, Kenneth Walker is really turning into a good running back for our eyes. He's filling in for the injured Rashad Penny. And the Giants have a very run-heavy offense on their own coming into Seattle this weekend. Um, against the Chargers, the Seahawks uh, had their best run defense performance of the year so far. They allowed only 53 rushing yards to the Chargers, um, which is pretty impressive given that they have the Chargers have Pretty good running back in their own, Austin Eckler. Uh, he's pretty good on my fantasy team, so i got to give him <laughs> some shout-outs. <laughs> but, uh, no, the, given it was a, kind of a shift in the game plan, they went very pass-heavy because the Chargers were down early in the game. But, I mean, still holding an opponent to 53 rushing yards, that's something you got to hang your hat on yes. a little bit, you know. Um, so that game's going to kick off at 125 on Sunday. That'll be a pretty pretty big matchup between Nobody. two. Really yeah. surprised teams. I was this saying, no, nobody thought at this point, if you looked at the schedule, that this would be such an important game. Oh, yeah, definitely. Think. The 6-1 Giants, who everyone kind of <laughs> thought was going to go 2-15, 3-14, have a top draft pick against the Seahawks, the 4-3 and three Seahawks. The people kind of thought the same thing. It'll be an interesting game. I'm excited to watch it, and I know a lot of Seahawks fans are as well. And then moving on to the Kraken. The Kraken are 3-4-2 and two to start this year. They started the season 1-2-2, two, and two, but they've won two of their last four games. Uh, over the last week, they had a win, a 3-2 win over the defending champion Colorado Avalanche and a 5-1 win against the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, their losses were both 5-4 losses to Chicago and Vancouver. Um, speaking of goaltending, uh, in those 5-4 losses, you know, high-scoring games, the Kraken are allowing 3.67 uh, goals allowed per game, which is the seventh most in the NHL. Um, kind of building off their last year, their inaugural year, where they allowed the fourth most goals. So, I mean, it's a new team. They're all still coming together. Um, but really that goaltending is something that's kind of holding them back because they've had some high-scoring games where the offense has really showed up. Um, their 3.33 goals per game average is the 12th highest in the NHL. Um, so, still beginning of a new year. They've only played, what, nine games. So, out of the 82, we'll see how they kind of progress throughout the year. Um, as we saw with the Mariners, they started off pretty slow, and then they really uh, came into their own as the season went on. So, we'll see if the Kraken can have a kind of resurgence um, similar to what the Mariners did this year. And then moving into local sports, uh, last week I was at the Royal Football game. They defeated College Place 69 to nothing, so it was a really close game. <laughs> uh, the Knights scored 10 touchdowns. Uh, they scored in all three phases of the game. Uh, their senior wide receiver, Edgar De La Rosa, had two punt returns for touchdowns before the Royal offense even took the field um, about five minutes into the game. So they were already up 14 nothing before uh, their offensive unit took the field. So it's one of those kind of games for the Knights. Um, I know people are accustomed to them having those kind of games over the years. Uh, this week they're going to be traveling to Connell. That game's going to decide the winner of their, comp their league and who's going to move into the playoffs. 
Um, uh, I, also at Royal, I was at their senior nights earlier this week. Girls soccer defeated LaSalle 2-0. to zero. Uh, Their coach, Jens Jensen, said that anytime you beat LaSalle, uh, they're kind of top-tier program in girls soccer. Uh, it's always a good time. So especially on senior night, that's a good win for them. And then the Royal volleyball team, they also played LaSalle. They actually lost 3-2. to two. Um, But LaSalle's a top-10 team, according to RPI, in the state. So bringing LaSalle to kind of th- five sets is an impressive feat for that team. And I was talking with their coach and some of the players after the game. They haven't, this is the first time they've made districts in 13 years. Um, they have more wins this year than they had. This senior class has more wins this year than they had over the past three years combined. So I'm sure they're very happy with the resu- results of this season as they enter district play coming over in the next week or so. And a lot of teams around the basin are going to be have either started district play or will in the next week. Uh, we're going to have a lot of coverage on that. I'm looking forward to getting some out to, out to some of these district games. And in Moses Lake football, uh, last week they lost 41 to 35 to West Valley on the road. It's kind of a rainy game. Um, there is a three-way tie atop the Columbia Basin Big Nine Conference between Moses Lake, uh, Sunnyside, and Eastmont, who the Mavericks play tonight, Friday. Uh, I'll be at that game, looking forward to it. It's going to be a good game. Uh, Eastmont's a very run-heavy team. Uh, Moses Lake, uh, they've had some times where they've shined stopping the run, sometimes where it's been a little bit of a problem for them, but I'm looking forward to that very much. Um, all both or all three of Moses Lake, Eastmont, and Sunnyside are 4-1 in conference play. Uh, Moses Lake has the tiebreaker over Sunnyside, who they defeated two weeks ago. So we'll see if they can get that tiebreaker over Eastmont as well and be the outright winner of the district. Uh, and then last night I was at the 1B district volleyball tournament, um, the District 6 volleyball tournament. Wilson Creek and most like Christian Academy coming to Christian school, both advanced to the semifinals, which will be hosted at ENIAT on Tuesday. Soap Lake was eliminated. Uh, they lost to Wilson Creek. Uh, they finished the season 10-8. and eight. Their head coach, Nicole Noble, said that the team's very young. They have a lot of freshmen. They had four starting last night in a district uh, playoff game. Uh, she's just very happy with the way that the team has grown over the year. So that's about uh, kind of it for local sports this week. Oh, sorry. The Moses Lake slow pitch softball team, I believe, is playing at state yes, this weekend? Yes, they're playing at state this weekend. Uh, I actually don't know if they've already started. Uh, I think it started Friday. Uh-huh. Um, I haven't checked it yet, but good luck to them if they haven't played yet. Um, they had a pretty... They had a pretty wild weekend last weekend. I was there at the district game. They lost to West Valley, and then they uh, really took it to Davis after that. I think they won <laughs> the game against Davis 18-2. to Yeah, so okay. they've got some offensive firepower. <laughs> um, I haven't checked the score yet of their state game or if it's even started yet, but good luck to them if uh, it hasn't started yet. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for sports. Um, looking forward to another exciting weekend of games here around the Basin. Mm, thank you, Ian. The Studio Basin Podcast is produced by the Columbia Basin Herald, a local newspaper serving Grant and Adams counties in Washington State. Our publisher is Clint Schroeder, and our regional general manager is Bob Richardson. Our managing editor is Rob Miller, and our reporting staff consists of me, senior reporter Charles Featherstone, senior reporter Cheryl Schweitzer, staff writer and paginator Joel Martin, staff writer Rebecca Pettingill, and sports reporter Ian Bivona. The Columbia Basin Herald is published five days a week in print and online. The paper's website is www.columbiabasinherald.com. To provide feedback on the paper or the podcast, please email us at editor at columbiabasinherald.com.
On behalf of the entire staff of the Columbia Basin Herald, this is senior reporter Charles Featherstone. We'd like to thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.